0: Another beautiful day at 6th and Daniel. And if you're hearing my voice, you know I'm joined by another esteemed alumna of the UIUC Psych Department. Here in the virtual atrium, I have Meg Newhouse. Meg is the CEO and co-founder of Inspirant Group. And on top of that, she is a public speaker. She is a people officer. She is an official member of the Forbes Business Council president and co-founder of Colette Allen Charities, plus many more projects, including and am, am I saying this right? Yoga Away?
1: <laughs> that, yeah, that was a project I did early in my career. So um,
0: yeah, right. that, well, that's well, I from, a, from, from that. a whole
1: other lifetime ago.
0: <laughs> well, you are a yoga instructor still, correct?
1: I yes yes right. yeah that's all funny right. yeah maybe these will that'll book bookend our conversation or something.
0: <laughs> <We're> <laughs> those are get... totally
1: different experiences yeah that's so cool.
0: Yeah, we're gonna get into all that. So welcome back to where it all began right here at Six and Daniel. Yeah. I mean, with all that, I, I I'm just honored you have time to to speak with me. So I, I want to make the most of it.
1: Oh my gosh, Ryan, thank you for having me on, and how fun to revisit my memories from my time there, which I am having a really hard time believing was 20 plus years
0: ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never date our guests. So that's up to you oh, to say when. Yeah, you're, no, you're, I, okay.
1: I have no problem with it because, um, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it's so, I know so much has changed since then, oh, but, yeah. um, I still have such fun, fun memories of attending U of I as well as being a part of the psych department.
0: Perfect. We're going to get into all that and your career path and what you've been up to. But first, everybody knows, or if you're a first time listener, we got to do the fast five and the fast five or get to know you questions. Just, you know, this is our first time meeting. So let's find out a little bit more about the you, you before the professional you and the previous you and the future you. I love it. So question number one, what skill would you most like to learn? This can be professional, oh, personal, man. any kind of skill
1: it's a tough one. Um, I would love to become a sommelier. I would love to. Yeah. I, so I like to drink wine, but I'd like Mm -hmm. to become a little more knowledgeable. Um, not necessarily on like the food wine pairing part, although I think that's really cool, but, um, like the science behind it. And, you know, I also think it'd be like a super cool party trick to have people like do a blind tasting with me and I could tell them <laughs> what the grape yes. was and where it was from and all that. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, who knows? I never say never that could be somewhere down my down the line in my journey of life, but I, that's something that's kind of, is interesting to me.
0: Absolutely. I, yeah, I, I am, I too enjoy a glass of red from yeah. time, to time to time, but I don't, I pick my wine, <laughs> like my horses, I pick my cool labels. Right. Or right. if like, you know, because people always say like the most expensive ones aren't always the best ones you find right. the mid range here. And I'm like that. Okay. So, and I feel bad asking people. So like, I, it's literally trial and error with me. So that knowledge would mm-hmm. be amazing. Mm-hmm. It's right. an art
1: and a science. So I think it's yeah. be fun. Yeah. Right.
0: And I'd like to know if those labels are actually literally blowing smoke, you know, with the, <laughs> is, there's pistachios and chestnuts in there. Is there really? Right. Right. You can tell me anything and I just know if it's good or not for me. All right. Question two. Now this is an either, or you must right. choose one of these and the other will be eliminated from the earth as we know it. Would you choose burgers or tacos?
1: Okay. Now this is an easy one. Oh, Um, okay. Oh yeah. No. Okay. So I'm I'm currently in Dallas for work and I have to tell you, I had tacos for my last three meals. (laughs) Um, I had tacos for dinner. I had breakfast tacos. And then I just had tacos again for lunch. So (laughs) I like, I have nothing against burgers. I like burgers, but I love tacos.
0: Perfect. It's just yeah. one of my favorite foods. It seriously is. I, I actually, I can't say tacos are my favorite food because I love nachos so much. So I, I feel oh. bad choosing one mm. over the other.
1: Tacos, tacos, delicious cousin. Yeah, for sure.
0: Well, you were up in the Chicagoland area and there's like, Oshaval yeah. Cheval and all these like oh, yeah. designer burger really joints. So I thought burger. it might be a little yeah. right.
1: No, don't get me wrong. I mean, I love a good burger, but gosh, you can't go wrong with tacos. You really can't.
0: <laughs> Now, do you have a favorite spot or style or, you know, what's your insight?
1: I really don't. Um, I, I have to tell you if there are fish tacos or shrimp tacos on a menu, even if it's just like a bar, you know, bar food or something, I will always get it. It's just like, I love that actually, because it makes it so much easier for me. I don't have to flip through all these pages. I just like, That's <laughs> yes. what I pick. Yeah. Um, I like like Mexican street style tacos, which is just, you know, really well done, like marinated steak, chopped up a little bit of raw white onion, a little bit of cilantro and delicious salsa, like so good. so that's awesome. Um, Especially like when it's really authentic Mm -hmm. in Chicago, in the city, gosh, I don't know if it's still there, but, um, great place called Decero, uh, C-E-R-O, and, um, all different kinds. And so you just had to order two of each, but you get like a whole platter of like 20. Mm. <laughs> just kind of yes. pick and choose. But yeah. All sorts of different delicious fillings.
0: <laughs> Shall we team. talk more
1: about tacos? <laughs> I know.
0: I was gonna say I'm on your team. Okay. <laughs> now you know, are you more of a al <laughs> Pastor? Pa- right. You
1: thought you were here for psychology, but you're here for tacos. <laughs>
0: Welcome to Taco Talk with Taco ryan talk. and Meg. <laughs>
1: Oh, I wish it was Tuesday. That would make it so much better.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, you don't know when I'm going to release this. That's, I might. True.
1: That's true. Might need to be a Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, question three. What is the funniest movie or show you have ever watched? It's a loaded one.
1: Oh, gosh. We watch a lot of stand up specials, which is kind oh, of perfect. strange. Yeah, Um uh, Nate Bargates is someone so like, I don't know who your audience is, but he is definitely relatable to people at my age, my <laughs> state of life. Um, we actually saw him live when he was on tour. We went up to Wisconsin and saw him, but he's just, you know, he's around our same age, has kids around the same age. and So very relatable, like real mm-hmm. life situations, but with a funny spin on it. So um, we'll, we'll probably like, we go through all the Netflix specials and it's just you know, just good for a laugh out loud. I feel like
0: Nice. Yeah, yeah. I feel like most people uh, go to the true crime section. You know, I, I prefer the comedy side myself. It's like I don't I don't need this 100%. after a long day. Is like one hundred
1: percent. I just want to laugh. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yes. I, I oh, want... and I guess for a TV show, and I'm sure many of your guests have said this, but Ted Lasso is pretty great. It's not. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I mean, sometimes you laugh out loud, but it's just like an overall general feel good
0: TV mm, yes. show. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was literally the only reason I had Apple Plus or Apple TV. I was called for quite some time. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) All right. Number four, if you could take an adult field trip, air quotes, where would you go? Like consider this like a backstage pass to any business attraction landmark something like that you're kind of getting vip access you know like the old days when they used to get you off the bus and take you back to the kitchen or take you show you how it's made i i think of when i was little in sesame street when they showed how the crayons getting made that little uh that little video oh. short. I always thought that was like the coolest thing.
1: I ever. loved that. I can I can picture exactly what you're talking <laughs> about, and I agree with you. It's so fascinating. Well done, Sesame Street. Yeah, these know. memories it's you've created stuck for with me us forever, all these years. What do I want? Like a backstage pass to?
0: Is there any place you want to go? A landmark, or is there any business you admire? And they. Yeah. Or or, a, or yeah. like a a product that you that you love that you want to see? You know, literally.
1: I, so, um, I'm a big fan of, I, I don't, I need to look up how to pronounce his name. Um, I, I looked him up on LinkedIn and he didn't have that little like thing, but his name is mm-hmm. Meek, Meek Wiking. is how I'm going to say it. Okay. The CEO of the happiness research Institute based out of Denmark. He wrote Ooh. the book, the little book of, um, height hygge, which became very popular. And then he followed up with a little book of Luca. Um, and it made me think, and we'll get into this, you know, with memories of my time, um, but one of my favorite classes in the psych department was, you know, Ed Diener's, the um, person was that personality psych, but like the, it was basically like he studied happiness, right? And it's just like, yes. that's so cool. Right. What makes people happy? And so that's what this guy does. So I would love to, first of all, meet him and like thank him for uh, the research he does and the studies he puts out on how people can... Um, what people can do to to help improve their happiness quotient, I guess. And um, also just kind of see like, what are these research experiments they do? Um, Which I think is super fun.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And we we still miss you every day, Ed. Okay. Next question. or final question. Would you rather never get a cold again or Mm -hmm. never wait, wait in line again?
1: never wait in line. If there's a line anywhere, I I don't I don't do it. I just at this point in my life. And also like if there isn't a table when I get in, like a place to sit Mm -hmm. or something, I'm out. Uh, (laughs) again, I told you college was 20 plus years ago. So you can sure, you know, I'm in my my middle life right now. And so time um, is
0: time is everything.
1: Time is precious. Yeah. (laughs) And um I do pretty well if I get a cold, right? So I I know to, to rest and relax and honestly like laying in bed for a few days doesn't sound so terrible <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> and this is like instant taco access like literally anytime you want a taco you can pass by you everybody know, the best, way to, everybody. Cure... Yep, the best way to cure a
1: cold is with a taco <laughs> did you know that? front of
0: the line ladies here <laughs> wonderful all right so let's start talking about the career path um i noticed obviously you know, you're a psych major for your undergrad, but I found mm-hmm. your choice to complete your master's degree in instructional design and training. I thought that was very intriguing and a very cool path to take, you know. Yeah. I, um, yep. So, you know, obviously I, I, I do this because I love to get to know you and, and all the amazing things you're doing and, and camaraderie with all of our alumni. But, you know, to the student out there listening, can, can you talk about... W- what made you take that path of secondary education in that direction? And, you yeah. know, what, what your plan was at that time, whether or not it stayed consistent.
1: It did not.
0: <laughs> sure. so, you know,
1: my, my message to current students is probably like, you don't know exactly where the journey is going to go and that's okay. Um, you know, being at U of I, you're getting an excellent education. And also um, you'll hear from my story. I, I relied on my gu- guidance counselor there and thank God for him because He put me on the path that led me to where I am today, which is super happy with the job that I'm currently doing and the company I'm a part of. Um, I was one of those fortunate people that knew what I wanted to do when I went into college. I knew I wanted to be a psychologist. I wanted to um, be a clinician, have my own practice, focusing mostly on child and teen um, patients. And I was I was ready for it. Adored, you know, loved my first psych class. You know, so excited to be part of the psych department at U of I. Very prestigious. Um, and I was like, "This is it!" You know, I'm so excited. This is great. I'm going to rock. Um, sophomore year, I moved into a sorority house, and thank goodness for that, I made some of my most precious lifelong friends. Still friends to this day. Talk right. And we have this this blowing up text string I've got going on <laughs> right here <laughs> right. with these with these women, these girls. I still say. And at that time, um, I, I kind of became a really good listener. And so, um, there would be folks in the house, my friends or others that would, you know, come and tell me all the things going on, whether it was family or boys or school or, you know, whatnot. Mm -hmm. And it weighed really heavily on me. Um, so much to the point where it was, I felt like, I felt like I was wearing their problems as well and just something inside of me was like, I don't know if I could do this for a living. I don't know if I, you know, I'm sure you get training and you get techniques and tools for how to separate that and turn that off. But I mean, I remember I would just call my mom crying a lot, and just be like, "There's so much going on," and you know, I, I'm a huge empath, so I really do feel other people's feelings. Um, and I just was like, "I'm not sure I can, I can do this for a career." So that was a huge. That was my sophomore year. I was like, "I
2: no, no <laughs> what right? am I gonna do."
1: <laughs> I had this huge plan in my life, and now that's that's not gonna happen. So I did go see my guidance counselor. And she, I was like, I, I thought I'd be a clinician and I don't think I can do that. What do you think? And he was like, have you heard of business psychology? I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I didn't have any um, insight into corporate America at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was a yacht broker and my mom was a secretary. So not anything that, that they were a part of, you know, so I didn't really mm-hmm. know. And I was like, tell me more. He's like, look, you could, you know, help adults kind of navigate their careers and, and their jobs. And I was like, that's really interesting. So I started looking more into that and um, discovered the career of instructional design, which really fit in with me because I love to write. I've been a writer my whole life. And so I was like, cool. So I can like help people by like maybe creating good training programs that help them understand their job better or you know, sure. um, that can help up- upskill them or um, make them better leaders. And so it all kind of clicked at that point. Um, So I I kept on, you know, with the psych degree and um, graduated. And then I went right into my master's program through the college of education. So there was um, the HRE program through the college of education. There was also um, uh, the industrial and labor relations school. So those were two that I Mm -hmm. was looking at, but um, the, the instructional design piece was really where I felt like my skills would be best used. So it was cool because I graduated in May and then I was able to start my grad program that June. So I didn't really miss a beat.
2: Oh, you know, you
1: did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it was good for me. Cause I honestly wasn't ready to leave campus yet. Sure. I really wasn't, you know, I, I, I done my schooling in four years. I studied abroad my first semester senior year. So I felt like I kind of missed that time on campus and I really, I really mm. did love it there. So um, I'm glad that I got that extra, you know, summer and then that full year to be there. And then I was ready. I was ready to start
0: the next chapter. So then what, what are your jobs, you know, leading up to now after that? So then you get out and it is that, that it, I'm going to, I'm going to be a business psychologist and I'm ready to hit the ground running. And what takes that and you can (laughs) bring that into what unconsulting is you know, yeah. we're going we're gonna to get into that and, and what you are now. So let's, let's, you know, hop over just a, a couple of your quick, yep. quick steps until you, until you realize you're going to be a CEO and co-founder. Cause that <laughs> just happens every day, you know?
1: <laughs> um, a lot of it is luck, you know, there's, that, there's hard work and there's planning, but a lot of it is just, you know, um, being in the right place at the right time or having the right people around you, quite honestly. And mm-hmm. I can talk a little bit about that as well, but, um, uh, no. So my first job out of school, so I I, right, I went right from undergrad to grad school, um, graduated in the spring of 2002. The market was still a little bit um, depressed because of 9-11. And so I didn't have instructional design jobs falling into my lap at that time. Um, and it definitely wasn't, as I would say today, like the, I would say this is an employee's market, employees, you know, kind of I think for the most part can have like their choice for the companies that they're looking for. At that point, I was just pretty desperate to have a paying job. Right. So um, my first job was as a motivational speaker for a for-profit college in the city in Chicago.
0: That's your first um, job.
1: <laughs> it was 20, what? 22. Um, and yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, we had a book that was written by Stedman Graham, Oprah's boyfriend. Um, Mm -hmm. and we had a presentation, a PowerPoint presentation that went along with his book. And I went to schools in the city, and the suburbs, um, talking to juniors and seniors about how to stay motivated and what, you know, how to plan for what's next in their lives. And then here's how now naive it was Ryan. So at the end of it, I would hand out these, um, um, evaluations, like these, carbon copy pieces of paper sure you know how is meg's presentation what are, you know do you plan to go to college blah 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 and i turn those in well those end up being leads for the mm. sales team so mm. they call these kids and try to you know convert them over or get, or get them to pay a, a fee to apply and all that stuff and like it's like oh gosh i don't know how i feel about
2: this so <laughs> did
1: that for a little bit did that for a little bit um and i ended up being their housing coordinator so like um finding apartments in the city and putting four college students in two bedroom apartments. It was so interesting. It was sure. interesting to say the least, not instructional design, not well, a little <laughs> bit of psychology, I think in both of those.
0: <laughs> but, what doesn't, uh, you know, what psychology touches on everything really?
1: It really does. I mean, really understanding how people think and why they behave, mm-hmm. they do. Right. Yeah. Um. So I finally found an instructional design job shortly after that, which was great. I did that for almost eight years and it was in IT, which I really appreciate. So I got to kind of grow up in in tech, and so I was um, exposed to all sorts of really cool technology stuff, which I think has really helped me with my career as well. Um, went then I, after I did that for a while, I was like chasing the title, which is so silly to look back on. But I was in my you know late twenties, and I was like, I should be at this point in my career, and I should have this title. And so um, I went over to one of the big four consulting firms, and it was such a great experience. It was at the wrong time in my life. I wish I had done that right out of school. Work hard, play hard, you know, sure. 80 to 90 hour weeks, travel, all that stuff. But I did it when I had a two-year-old and a four-year-old at home.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so wasn't quite right, unfortunately. <laughs> I learned a lot in the beautiful 10 months that I was there. Um, but what that did is it really exposed me to this idea of vendor partners. So these this consulting firm would outsource to other consultants certain projects and you had like just your, your contract instructional designer that they would pull in, that would create a specific training program for a specific project. And then they, they were out of there. I was like, Oh, that's what I want to do. <laughs> that's, that's nice. So I, I left. Yeah. I, and, and the flexibility that it provided me as a new mom, um, was really appealing. So quit, quit a great job. <laughs> My husband's like, huh, <laughs> it'll be, it'll be fine. It'll all work right. out. Just trust me. Just trust me. So, um, and I just was on my own for about four years, um, taking projects that were interesting to me, tech projects, creating custom training um, solutions, either you know, like instructor-led training, e-learning, job aid, stuff like that. Um, but I, I was craving something more, it was just me. And I was missing being part of a team. And I really wanted like, I know so many people in my life that have hated their jobs or like dread going to work, have the Sunday scaries, all that stuff. Absolutely. And it hurts my heart. I'm like, you spend so much of your life Wrapped into this career, or, you know, I mean, it makes up so much of who you are. I don't think you should be miserable. <laughs> like, work shouldn't suck. Work should, like, you know, empower you and excite you and all, all those things. So, um, I wanted to do that. I wanted to create a company where people felt valued and were treated as humans and not like cogs in a machine. And um, it's so funny. I mean, that, you know, you, you put out there what you want and it comes to you, I think. So, I was thinking about this like all summer, summer of 2016. And in the fall, a good friend of mine, he was also a client at the time, was like, hey, so I'm going to quit. I'm like, no, wait, you're one of my best clients. He's like, no, 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 I'm going to start a new company. I want to disrupt consulting. And I want you to come with me and create the culture. And I was like, that's literally exactly what I was looking to do. Um, Okay. And so we joined forces in January of 2017 and haven't looked back. It's been amazing.
0: So, you know, the first thing when you go to the home page here. Yeah. Is is about the culture. So well done. Yeah. I mean, you're at the you're at the header here. So I mean, if you created that's the that's culture, true. it's at the very top of the, the website here. But you know, defining our culture, we are unconsultants. What can you help, you know, expand on what that means?
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, and depending on your audience again. So folks who have been in consulting. We'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I will do my best to generalize it for everybody. So um, there are, you know, there are some, there's a lot of traditional industries out there. I think of um, banking, I think of legal, um, and I do think of consulting. You know, there's been a, a model that has worked for some of these larger and even mid-tier consulting firms. Um, and as I said, when I was doing it on my own, it was kind of a work hard, play hard mentality, you know, crazy hours. Um, and as you move up through the ranks, it, there's this thing of like up, up or out. Right. So you have to really, there's a lot of politics where you have to really manage your career and um, your perception. And, um, at some point you need to start selling and, you know, it, it's, it's forcing individual human beings who have their own, you know, unique thoughts and experiences and desires into what I think is just kind of this general mold. And it's like, well, if you want to be here, you have to do it this way. Mm -hmm. So, um, the unconsultant um, is twofold. You know, internally in our culture, the way that we treat individuals is is like a startup, which is really fun. I mean, we are a startup, but it's a lot more flexible. We meet people where they are. Um, we have like unlimited PTO. We um, have a choose-your own adventure um, uh, annual review system. It's not annual review, but the review system is like you know I. Th- like we assign points to different tasks, and people can pick their points, or they can define their own tasks, or whatever it is. So, um, you know, we we people come to us, letting us know what they need, and we we do our best to meet it um, instead of trying to fit them into some sort of particular way of being. And with our clients, you know, it's it's pretty similar. Like we just want to be super easy to work with. Um, We don't have like a a prescribed or predetermined way of approaching a problem, which a lot of the traditional consulting groups do. They have this, you know, trademarked model or approach. Yeah. And it's like, oh, we've seen this problem before. Let's apply this. Whereas we think, you know, maybe we've seen a similar problem, but everything's unique because you've got your unique corporate culture. You've got, unique people on your team that we've never worked with before. You got unique systems talking to each other, you know, so even though we might've seen this stuff before, it's going to be different. So we, we approach everything with a mindset of curiosity and what can we learn and how can we best partner with a team instead of coming in and and telling people what to do. We really want to be seen as, you know, an extension of the existing culture. So I hope that helps.
0: No, it does. And, you know, earlier when you speak about the audience, I mean, going through our demographics, we have a wide range, we have people overseas, and you're talking to a host of a psychology focused podcast that did not go to school for psychology. So pretend... (laughs) None of us know anything and just, and just tell it how it is. No one's going to be like, duh, (laughs) duh, course. So don't worry about that. We're all, we're all on the same level here. So now, so when you go to, you know, formulate these plans, do you go into the company and like observe, or do you meet with like the heads and just talk to them? Like how can you get, because I hear what you're saying is like, not, not, you don't want to be like the, the, um, the ping pong table engagement people. It's just like, Oh yeah, Yeah. you guys not having fun. Get a ping pong table. You know, everybody loves ping pong, (laughs) you know, problem solved. That'll be a $5,000. That's all you need, need, man. Everybody needs a ping pong break. Ping pong
1: and beer on tap. And then everyone's happy. Right.
0: So what's the process? Uh, You know, you don't want to really disrupt the culture, but you still need to get that valuable information and know what's going to work or not work. Is that just more of, Dealing mm-hmm. with the heads of the company, or actually getting in and observing—are you the clipboard yeah. people that walk around and take notes? Or how, yeah, we're the. Have you work? seen
1: office space? The boss. Yeah, the you're the boss. Yeah. What would you say it is that you do? <laughs> um, no, I mean, there's probably to some degree like a little bit of that. It's so it's mm-hmm. what you know is known as discovery, and really it's just like, what's the problem you're looking to solve? And so many times organizations do things a certain way. Because it's the way it's always been done, you know. Mm-hmm. We it's so funny. Oh, yeah. We're talking, we're talking to this one group right now that um, they're like, "Oh, we do like that. We do like this." And so, part of what we try to do is like optimize the process, right? Like, how can we make this the most efficient process that is easy for people to do or to learn or to be a part of? Like, technology's always last. People want to lead with technology and like cram the way they work into the technology's capabilities, but it should totally be the other way around. Um, anyway, we're doing this process discovery and. We're, we're talking about, it. I was like, so why do you, you know, why, why, would, why do you do it that way? Can you tell me, tell me more. <laughs> this is a question that we tell me more about that. There you, you know, go. Right? Approaching with curiosity. Oh, we
0: unpack so they're like,
1: this. They're like, oh, well, you know, I mean, Joe, Joe was the one who did it for 30 years. And he just told us like, this is how it's done. I was like, well, Joe hasn't been here for seven years. So are we sure <laughs> this is the way it should be done? You know? And oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's that, right? And then there's also, as I just said, the, the capabilities of technology. So they see the bright, shiny tech solution and they're like, oh, okay, well, everyone has, you know, tech X, so I should get it too. But every, like I said, every company is unique, every team's unique. Mm-hmm. So um, custom tech used to be super pricey and hard to maintain and update. And that's, you know, what those custom tech companies were trying to do. Now, you know, it, that's also getting disrupted. Like there's low code tech solutions that you could train, you know, some people on your team internally to be able to create like a really cool platform with minimal investment and, and easy to update and stuff like that. So anyway, things are, are totally shifting. Um, so the conversations we have are generally with, um, you know, an innovative or forward thinking um, stakeholder in the company that has mm-hmm. a budget <laughs> to bring in, yes, sure. to bring in some external help. And um, they don't necessarily have that expertise or the time Uh, they, you know, their team's busy with other things and will come in and, you know, the the buzzword is transformation, but that's really what's happening. I mean, the entire, I think, corporate ecosystem is pretty disrupted right now as a result of the pandemic. Um, And a lot of things need to change. You know, people were brought to reckoning with their tech systems when their entire workforce had to go remote. Mm-hmm. And be like, oh, you know, and so they're rethinking how they're doing work. Um, the people transformation piece of it, you know, being a more human leader—that's, you know, the the old way of managing people is totally out the window. So, um, upskilling your leaders to not be like command and control, carrot and stick, like do it this way because I tell you to, but more empathetic and um, how to really, you know, help people grow and be successful and and want to stay and be loyal to the company.
0: Perfect. I find this totally fascinating. I can just <laughs> listen to you. Talk. No, seriously, like I I, <laughs> I think, you know, the fact that they are actually reaching out and wanting to change is, is so yeah. is so huge, you know, that I I did actually work in engagement prior to this position and it was more of a we want these results, but any ideas you come up with will table those. And again, this is just the way you, you want someone to execute the things that you're already doing, but you want the results to be different, you know? So, mm-hmm. like, the fact that mm-hmm. the, 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 the higher-ups can actually recognize that there needs to be some change is is huge. So that must be really fulfilling yeah. and exciting.
1: Yeah, And, some you know, sometimes it's us, like, maybe we're in an organization and we've done a little bit of work and it's us saying, like, let us just show you, you know, the art <laughs> of the possible, right? So, we'll do, like, a brief engagement to just show like one, here's, here's the results. Like we can give you the results that you're looking for, but two, look how easy it is to work with us, right? Like, wasn't that, wasn't that fun? <laughs> right. any time? <laughs> just, Cause we, you know, it's not like we have all of these, you know, enlightened leaders being like, yes, transform everything. Uh-huh. Um, it's usually, you know, people who see the need for change, but really don't know how to get there. Exactly. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Now let's get into some of these other uh, pies. Yeah. You know, your hands in here. Okay. Let's, let's start with the, um, the yoga instruction. We kind of touched on this a little earlier, you know, what, what, what what all of a sudden, this is something you were passionate about at an early age. Is this something you just worked your way into and just thought, no, I'm just not going to take it. I'm also going to teach it. Like, how how did this come about?
1: Yeah. A little more of that. So, um, (laughs) I, I was always, interested in the concept of yoga um, but I didn't start practicing until about 2015 um, I just found a, a local studio close to where I live and walked in one day and I was like oh this is like everything I've been missing um, you know it's in talking to a psychology audience it's that mind body emotion connection you know and um it really was like it became I, I, you know I would call it like the trinity it was like physical exercise for me but also like very you know good for my mind set Mm -hmm. and emotions set me straight in that way and also like a little bit of you know spiritual like you know it's just it's all the things that i think i need personally rolled into one so always love practicing and i have if you talk to people who practice regularly especially like in a studio they they will often name their favorite instructor or instructors because a lot of it has to do with that like you think about classes that you take at university If you have Mm -hmm. a teacher you love, like, you know, you're going to want to go to that class more than if you have a teacher, you don't love so much. So, um, my favorite instructor, um, was going to be doing the teacher training and it just happened to work out that at this point in my life. So it was just this last fall. It was from September to December, um, that I was able to, I talked to my family, you know, my kids are a little bit older now, so they can be a little more independent and, um, my work, you know, it's, we're all about work-life balance, uh, at Insprint Group. So talk to my partners, let them know it didn't, it didn't, it didn't happen during the work day, but just let them know this was something that I was going to be pursuing. And, um, so if you'd asked me, you know, a year ago, if we'd done this interview in the fast five, the skill that I was hoping to learn, I would definitely have said, I would, I want to become a yoga instructor. Um, so I'm really excited. I mean, that was definitely a bucket list item. And um, the first of the month, I offer it to the team. I do a virtual Zoom yoga session, full yoga session for any unconsultants that want to join me. And I've done several sessions for clients, including an in-person session, which was really cool. But a lot of virtual sessions over you know the last few months. Um, just it's just for me, and you know, not no compensation or anything. It's just like a real joy to bring that to others, especially people who maybe haven't tried it before and are a little bit nervous about it, Or Like the number one thing that I hear is like, I'm not flexible. And it's like, it has nothing to do with that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: that's You're what, really what we all think. That's part of the reason I haven't gone. It's like, uh, wow. you know, I don't, do I not wear shoes here? Do I put them somewhere? <laughs> am I gonna, am I gonna, <laughs> have I
1: would say if you, if bodily function in front of people, you? like that's
0: the thing I always hear about and wonder and worry about.
1: I mean, one of the poses is called wind removing pose. I, you know, I'll tell you that. (laughs) There you go. But listen, I mean, it's
0: It's a big hurdle to climb.
1: It's worth trying, I'd say. It's worth trying. And just like, you know, just like folks, um, you hear about finding a therapist or finding a psychologist. Mm. You can't just go once and be like, well, that didn't work and give up, right? Aren't you like, I don't know what the rule of thumb is. You guys probably know better than me, but I think you're supposed to give a therapist like six or seven times to see if that's really going to be the right fit. Because- you know, you're just having a 30 minute or an hour conversation. You don't really know. So I would say the same thing for yoga. Like, don't just go once and be like, well, that didn't work. Go try different instructors, try different studios, maybe try it out online. I was, I'm, like I said, I'm in Dallas with some clients and one of them last night, I was talking about yoga and he's like, oh, I do yoga with Adrian on YouTube at home. And I was like, cool. You know, it's a, this like six foot five dude, like sure, doing yoga with his kids at home. I'm like, that's amazing. So <laughs> I, I will tell everyone, try it for a little bit. And I bet you'll find something you enjoy. Okay.
0: Well, if it took you a year to be an instructor, I can't wait for you to pick me out some wine next year. So <laughs> I, I will that be in great. touch.
1: Challenge accepted, I,
0: right? I, I love it. Touch. I love it. I've already uh, set a yoga, uh, yoga reminder. No, I set an outlook reminder for next year to tap you for wine recommendation. All right, um, you're going
1: to tell me how your yoga practice is going. How's that?
0: <laughs> deal, deal. <laughs> Let me know about the Forbes Business Council because it sounds like a meeting of like the the mighty uh, you know on a on a mountaintop like telling us you know what is the forbes business council it sounds so official and prominent and and like i mean this oh it's-
1: you know it's it's really cool so i initially joined the group because of the publishing opportunities so um there is so much that I've learned on my journey. And I think there's so much that um, I just want to share, you know, so you, you might hear the term like thought leadership, people are trying to share their experience and expertise. And I think at this mm-hmm. point in my career, I've gathered enough. I've had my lessons and always <laughs> learning, always more like my journey is nowhere near over and I will continue to learn and have these insights. But if there's something that I could say that could sh- that could help, you know, just a tiny nugget of information that I could share through these, th- these publications. And as I mentioned earlier, writing is something that I really enjoy doing. So that just kind of scratched that itch for me, right? So I can I can try to help people through my own experiences as well as have some fun writing every once in a while. But what it's become also is really cool. They do have um, like different kinds of meetups um, which is fun. You know, it was virtual for a while, but last week sure. I went to my first in-person meetup oh. in Chicago, which is <laughs> like seeing all these people like, Oh, you have a body. That's so cool. <laughs> you know, like, um, And it's great. So it's, you know, it's like, it's, it's other business leaders and, um, you know, you'll hear like being a CEO is really lonely. I personally happen to experience that. I've got a great team that wants me to be successful. Um, Mm -hmm. but also I've found organizations like, like this Forbes one where, um, I, I have, you know, colleagues I can reach out to and ask questions or if I'm having a problem, bounce it off of them, um, learn from them, listen to their stories. So it's, I really enjoy it. It's the right, it's the right organization for
0: me to be a part of right now that's super cool all right it's not as it's not as daunting
1: (laughs) well i I mean i didn't tell you about like the secret layer and (laughs) sure
0: uh, exactly
1: the hotline phone that you can use you have to like shine like an f into the sky and we all assemble (laughs) that would actually
0: be really cool i would just start applying um and, and and lastly uh and if I'm not pronouncing this correctly, let me know. But the uh, Colette Allen Charities, you know. Yeah. I noticed, you know, on your on the business website that you guys have like a day dedicated, you know, to giving back. And you guys seem to be very forward in giving back. But this one seems a little more personal to you as the, you know, co-founder and president of it. I, I hope so. Yeah. But, uh, tell us more about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, so when I was in college, I was on... Um, financial aid, you know, my, my parents split when I was young. So I was raised by a single mom and we didn't have a ton of money. Um, but going to college was very important. So Mm -hmm. I, you know, applied for FAFSA and, um, had to take out some loans, uh, and also had the the good benefit of winning a few scholarships. And, um, my husband the same, you know, he, he did have the same upbringing, but, um, wanted to take some of the burden off of his parents and, so we decided um, several years ago that we wanted to be able to provide those types of opportunities for other students who might be in need. So we created Colette Allen Charities. Colette is my middle name and our daughter's middle name and Allen is my husband and our son's middle name. So to make it a little more personal. There you um, go. Yeah, we, we wanted to, you know, empower and inspire individuals um, looking to better their lives through education and through, through scholarship. So um, we did a lot of fundraising in the beginning to, to create an endowment where we could have, you know, ongoing mm-hmm. um, distributions for scholarships for these students. And then life got really busy. So right now we have, <laughs> <laughs> so if anyone listening would like to help us, um, you know, get the scholarship program going, we want to help high school kids that are looking to to better their lives through education. Um, something near and dear to our heart, but it's just, you know, me being the CEO and um he's he's also very busy in his job and then raising our mm-hmm. two kids. It's just kind of the money's sitting there gathering interest, which is great. Right. Now we just that's need to start stuff. distributing it. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, I'll include the link in uh in the show notes when I post this. Cool. As yeah. a fellow Lashkey kid from a uh you remember when they used to call us that? Do you remember that? And we're yes. about the same age. That was such like yeah. a a, yeah a, a target on you know like oh <laughs> lash key kid you know oh, totally. you, you had to bring have, your own key have, around well that
1: would make sense if we actually locked our door back then but we did <laughs> that's true too
0: i just had to, uh we had I the, never had uh, a key around
1: my desk because or around my neck because mom, mom was right. like why did we lock the door and i'm like we don't have anything anyone would want
0: <laughs> we had the because we didn't have an automatic garage door opener because you know, right. we, you, know <laughs> you had a garage was, that is expensive, <laughs> so you had to twist it and pull it up and uh-huh. then go in there, and then that door uh-huh. was unlocked. So, I guess technically, our garage door was the locked door, even the though left. it wasn't unlocked, <laughs> you just needed to figure out how to open it.
1: All right, mm-hmm.
0: so shout out to all the fellow lash keys out there.
1: There you go.
0: Now, let's just take a little bit, let's get nostalgic, let's go back yeah. 20 years. Oh my gosh, you're back on the quad it's a beautiful day like today i mean yeah. i don't know if you've been out at the humidity is not bad it's yeah it's really actually kind of gorgeous out there i do kind of like still sit and just like
1: yeah, especially summertime because
0: i'm not the old guy yeah. on the quad in the summertime you know i'm just the, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a smattering of people so this is this is my time here but let's let's take it back
1: oh i love so
0: it what were some of your favorite places to like hang out you know or um or, you know, we'll start there. I was going to get into meal, but, you know, usually when we go that far back, we need to, we need to mention some names that may no longer be with us. So let's just start with the, with the vibe. Where were some of your favorite places to go on like the summer yeah, I day?
1: Totally. Like walking across the quad, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to top that. And as I mentioned, I lived in our sorority house, which was on Nevada over there. No. Um, so, yes. yeah. So yeah. I would cross the quad pretty frequently to go from the house mm-hmm. over to the psych building and back. Um, so definitely some super fun memories there. Loved the union. So um, during my time, mm-hmm. I was part of, at the time it was the student ambassadors, um, part of the alumni association. That was just such a cool gig. You know, we we um, hosted all these really, awesome alumni events throughout the year and got to wear our very formal rugby shirts. And, you know, you weren't just, you weren't just
0: a member. You were the president of the student ambassadors, according to your, uh, your research here. So don't be so humble. uh,
1: I I had that great honor one year. Well, what was also close when I went to grad school. Um, our advisor who I just adored Sheila, um, was having a baby. So I was the interim temporary advisor when I was in grad school that year. And that was the first year that they had become the student alumni ambassadors, the student alumni association and the student ambassadors joined forces and, um, so, you know, being over in the union, we had a little office over in the alumni oh, cool. association um, and just the union again, I haven't I haven't been back in a while, so I don't know if it's the same look and feel or if it's been totally redone, but um, you know, the big, yeah, the big leather couches and like, you know, just um, sitting there and studying. And again, being like right off the quad there, so easy to get to, I just, I spent a lot of time there. So I have really fond memories from that as well. Um,
0: yeah. Still, talk it still, it still has that vibe. It still has the it? same vibe. Oh, yeah, good. Exactly. good. Good, good, good. I need to get my
1: vibe. kids back there. So they can <laughs> changes too much, um, green street, you know, I just think about green street, which I know that has changed a lot a since bit. my time there. But, um, one of my friends, this is fun, fun information. One of my friends was, um, a bartender and ended up becoming a manager at Murphy's. He was also, he also did the HRE um, program with me, or he did, uh, I think after shortly after me, anyway, long story short, all these years later, he has started his own, um, brew pub in Springfield. Um, Ah. so yeah, he worked at Caterpillar and he did like the whole HR thing for a while. And then he just like followed his passion. And I think it's like seven years old now it withstood the pandemic and he makes his own beer and he does farm to table. And so it's cool that he was a a bartender at Murphy's and then, you know, here's where his life's led Sure. So, yeah. The, the get, burgers, we'll get him on the, yeah,
0: the burgers and the beer inspired them, you know there's a there's exactly. a target on Green Street now, just so you know that's wow. how wow things changed.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and have you yeah. ch- seen the the new uh, Alma mural they have on Green Street? I'll forward you. they've just no, been posting it recently. Me. it just went up. I can't it's maybe I don't know. i'm I'm just gonna guess now. I'm gonna say at least six or seven stories tall. Like this huge uh I'll forward it oh, to you. Please it's, send it to me. It's really beautiful. Cool. So what and, I mean, um speak, oh, oh, yeah. sorry go ahead. I was gonna
1: tell you about I was gonna tell you about food. Um it's not about tacos, although I did unfortunately go to La Bambas quite a bit, which looking back. I still love it. it. I still you. love it. I
0: don't care. I still do.
1: Okay. Then I won't say anything about it. Uh, but like, like a treat, such a treat was getting burgers at Murphy's for sure. Like they were, they were just like, my mouth was watering talking about it right now. And then there was this pizza place kind of almost across the street that you could go in. And I think it was just like a little pita. You could pick all, it was like the original mod. I don't know if you guys have mod, but like, it's kind of picked all your little toppings and they put it through the little conveyor belt like that. I loved that as well. So not a lot of time in green
0: street over there <laughs> sure yeah. absolutely it's still moving it's still it's just yeah. you know it involves it it's still it's still very cool it's, it's yeah. it looks a little more you know um urban than it used to with like the taller buildings like you know yeah. like it, but it even though some of the names have changes all the flavors are still there just in different forms it's it's still yeah. it's still driving yeah. we gotta so, get down
1: there i really yeah, you gotta get my you, kids you on campus now. yeah
0: Absolutely. All right. Now let's bring it back to the one place that hasn't changed. The psych building will look exactly how you remember it when you come and visit. <laughs> so what are some memories yeah. of there though? You, you, know, you briefly mentioned a couple of classes mm-hmm. and, and what do you take away from there? What were some of your favorite moments or memories? I'm, or did...
1: I'm so glad that I was a psych major. I really am. Like I just um, learned so much that has helped me in life about about human behavior. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, and, um, I loved almost all of my classes. I have to tell you, um, the statistics class was challenging for me, (laughs) but I passed it. What was even more challenging was the brain and the mind. I swear I took that class three or four times. Um, it just was not clicking. And I wonder now, like, I'm like, should I take it again and just feel like (laughs) I wasn't getting Just something wasn't clicking. Um, but Oh, I mean, over on in, I wouldn't say like, I dislike those classes. They were just the most challenging, but all the other classes I took, like, you know, community psych and social psych and, um, personality and all, I mean, just so fun. I was a, a psych lab volunteer, um, for a bit nice. and was able to be a part of some really cool and interesting experiments. Um, one of them I had to dress like in different, like I had to dress like either provocatively or like, um, very like buttoned up. And, and we were like seeing people's reactions. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. I, w- I would say the same thing, but then like, we would have to see how they would react to what I was saying. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that is just like really like so cool. You know, the, the study of human behavior is just so yeah. fascinating to me. I've always found people fascinating. My favorite job is the job I have right now. And I, you know, as a CEO, I see myself as, um, the curator and keeper of our culture and our people, each individual person I'm responsible for them at our organization. Um, but prior to this, my favorite job was being a waitress. Cause you just get to meet so many different people and mm-hmm. you can just see their behavior, right. how they treat you and how they interact with you in that, in that brief moment. And, um, I think so much of that became clear during my time in the site, in the site department.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I mean, Again, going back to the goals of this podcast is obviously to to meet, and this has been an amazing time as we wrap up, but um, you kind of summed it up at the beginning, you know, I, I'm definitely going to go in and I'm going to be a therapist, you know, I think <laughs> a lot of people. That's their thought day one, you know, mm-hmm. I see either I'm going to be a therapist or I'm going to be a, a professor, see either faculty or clinician, you know, a uh-huh. lot of the time yes. that's, yes. that's it. That's all you can do with yeah. a psych degree. But in the reality, it, like it unlocks so many different avenues for you. So I, I appreciate you so much for coming on and showing just another pathway in the way that you can, you know, read people and use that psych degree to, to really, you know, Harness what your passion really is, mm-hmm. albeit still in that in that same realm. You know, even though it's not technically a, a psychology job, there, there's so much involved in there that that definitely there, relates. Yes,
1: there is. I mean, with with our team and our people, as well as with our clients. You know, it's really it's um, the skill you you learn the skills to help you um, listen and interpret what people are really saying under the surface mm-hmm. you, know, you hear you, you hear the words but you really have to dig deep so yeah I think you know it's maybe not that traditional clinician that I was thinking but I what I really I think at the core of it I really just wanted to help people mm-hmm. and so I feel that I'm, I'm doing that in the work that I'm doing now.
0: Perfect I can't think of a better way to wrap up so thanks again <laughs> Meg Newhouse for joining me at Six and Daniel once again.
1: Oh it was uh, so much fun thanks Ryan.
0: <laughs> absolutely. Make sure to follow us on social media to know when new episodes drop. It's at Psych Illinois on all platforms. So no matter if you're on Instagram or Twitter's or jam or whatever you want to (laughs) do, it's Psych Illinois across all the boards. So I uh, check the show notes here to learn more. Thanks. I, this is so much fun. I could keep talking about tacos for like another <laughs> hour or two, but I, I know you, you're
1: so if busy. You if you ain't talking tacos and I don't want to talk.
0: <laughs> I'm already, yeah, I, I'm trademarking the name, Talking Tacos. <laughs> so it's 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 going to start. I'll have you on uh, next uh, month when, when I, I get back. I might need together. to get a little
1: taco snack before I fly home.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, take it easy.
1: Thanks, Ryan.